Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. This week we have an artist that has a specific niche that he uses in the toys. Teeth, Pocket Salsa, jumps on Toys on Tap to show you what he's all about. If you want more of Toys on Tap, you can follow us on all socials at Toys on Tap. If you want to support the show, you can jump on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Toys on Tap. And if you want to give something that costs you nothing but means everything to us, you can like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. It helps get this podcast to more people. Now take a second, listen to this episode of Toys on Tap. Yeah, you did it. Thank you so much. That's like, you're a trooper. It's all good. I realized I'm parked outside of a Target, so I just walked in and bought wireless headphones instead of driving home. Like, what's the point? Dude. I needed them anyway, like one for the house, one for the truck. Yeah, dude, thank you so much. You're also saving me this week. Um, Every once in a while, I get a a no-call, no-show. And it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's a bummer. So it's like, uh, okay, whatever. But so you're saving me. You brought it all together. We brought you on. We've been wanting to get you on for a while. So I'm glad you're on. Happy to be here. Uh, guess kind of like never thought I'd be on a podcast about toys. Like that's a weird thing for me to say. Dude, it's a weird thing to have, right? Like a podcast dedicated solely to toys. That's not something that I thought I'd be doing in my life in general, but hey, here we are. Yeah, it's awesome. It's super awesome. Podcast episode all about you. I'm stoked that you're here. Before we do anything, please introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Rob, but uh, I go by Pocket Salsa on Instagram, uh, which is the only place I'm on. I have a, a severe distaste for social media, but Instagram seems to be like the best place for me. Uh, yeah, pocket salsa, dude. I I feel like we all have the distaste for social media, but we all gotta feed that beast. Yeah, yeah, it gets hungry. Yeah, <laughs> and I like to see cool things. So like, I'll deal with the dumb stuff for the overwhelming amount of really cool stuff that I get to see. Yeah, which makes sense. I uh, I'm stoked that you're on. Um, because your name um, pops up a lot when we're when Toys Alive is on, you're popping in the chat and stuff, and um, we've talked a little bit about toys, and and then you sent me something that's dope. It's sitting on my shelf, um, so I'm stoked that you're on, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I, um, I think I sent you that like the tooth, like the tooth monster with the mushroom growing out of the top. Yeah, I had to have that inner conversation about like are these real teeth i i I had to really process that because if they were real human teeth i had to get my head around putting that on my shelf yeah no they're not they're not real um i do have real teeth um that i've collected over the years from certain people Uh, i have a friend that worked in a dentist's office and that's that's where all of this kind of came from was like for some reason I asked her if I could have people's teeth and she was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, what do you want? I was like, all of them. And she just brought me this 
huge bag of teeth at like the end of a month. And I was like, now what do I do? And I was like, okay, I'll put them in sculptures and stuff. And so originally there were real teeth and things, but uh, you know, people don't really like real teeth <laughs> uh, in their art. Most of the time it's like a real, like toys are a niche art form to be in, but like human teeth is like, super niche <laughs> so i couldn't sell anything and nobody was really all that interested they thought it was cool they just didn't want to have like some stranger's teeth in their house hanging on their wall yeah so <laughs> i mean uh i bought like a like you can buy on amazon and other places like this um set of dental like fakes they're like um they're teeth but they're they're, they're already cast in resin so I bought those and made a mold of those. And then I just pour, uh, just started pouring white resin in those molds so that I didn't have to keep buying them off of Amazon. And uh, yeah, that's how I do the teeth now. I no longer use real teeth. Yeah. So I have a couple Which... questions because, uh, and we're going to come back to the, the teeth thing. Because that's that's going to be imprinted on my mind as a brain stain for a little bit. But uh, let's uh, let's go to the name Pocket Salsa. What what's that? Where's that coming from? So that's um, I was at a friend's house. They were having like a little party, and I uh, you know drank a little bit. Um, was a little drunk. We were eating off a charcuterie board, which also had like chips and like habanero salsa. Yeah, charcuterie board, habanero salsa. I wanted to be mobile with it. I didn't want to be behind the kitchen counter. I wanted to talk to people and hang out. Yeah. So I thought maybe like I'll line my pockets. Um, so you are you wanted to be mobile. So you wanted to line your pockets with saran wrap. But then I just thought like pockets also was too funny not to use as my Instagram name. Uh so I switched it over from nuclear guts to pocket salsa. And then I started making, well, I've been making art for a long time, but I started making resin toys. My friends were like, you sure you want to keep Pocket Salsa as like a company name? I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's too funny. It's an awesome story. Like, and I'm sure one of these days I'll be just tipsy enough to actually dump pockets, dump salsa in my pockets. So let's hope so it'll happen. Day. Yeah, <laughs> I'll um, take pictures. I'll go live on that day. <laughs> well, because my uh, before we go further, you had a name, Nuclear Guts. What was yeah. that name about? Like, where'd that come from? Um, well, Nuclear Guts. I mean, that's. I mean, you probably put that together. Like, yeah, out anything. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, how gross someone thinks the food is, or how weird it is. Like, I'll eat it. And I, even if it's something I know will give me the bubble guts and I'll just be gassing up the whole place. So nuclear guts is how that came along. Like a friend of mine called me nuclear. You have nuclear guts. And I was like, yeah. So you've had two killer names in a row. Like most of us work really hard to come up with one good name. Some of us just happen upon our names, but you had two really good names in a row. <laughs> oh, I can think of cool names all day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like i mean you could pretty much just take uh, a body part like 
like some if you just come up with like the scientific name of a body part and like the word biohazard or <laughs> just like a tough word like you have a screen name it's it's pretty simple but that, nuclear guts was something that someone else was like dude you have nuclear guts and i was like oh man that's really good i like that one dude that's a that's a toy too like just in case we're doing like toy brainstorming too a toy with guts coming out that are green and like toxic oh yeah maybe some uv glows dude that would be dope um so you i gotta go back to like the teeth conversation right so we're answering a couple different questions here what is it in you that thought i want human teeth let me go ask my friend i was sculpting um this big um it, it was a frame for a photo but i wanted to have teeth around it okay uh because it was a picture of a friend from halloween i can't remember the main characters from beetlejuice with the big open mouth like that's what they were yeah yeah, for yeah. halloween so i was like well it'd be cool to like sculpt some teeth around this photo but like sculpting that many teeth around that photo is kind of a pain in the ass maybe i could just find some teeth or like ask my buddy for teeth and she was like yeah i can get you teeth so that's that happened i made the photo or made the frame and then i was like yeah i could sculpt with teeth for a ton of things so i just kept going with it i made um made tons of frames for people's photos um and that was pretty much where I stayed with the teeth for a long time was making frames. Uh, and then I was like, well, I mean, I could do 3D objects. So I started making mushrooms. Um, and those wouldn't sell. The teeth and the frames would sell um, to certain people, but nobody really like cared about the mushrooms all that much, yeah. except for me. And I'm fine with them. I'll keep them all day. But uh People wanted them, but they didn't want them with real teeth in them, which I didn't understand because the frames are real teeth. Why would, what's the difference? You have a, a stranger's teeth in your house either way. Like, but that's, that's where it kept coming from. That's where the teeth thing comes from. And then I just started really getting into finding new ways to put mouths on things or uh, eyeballs and things and then line them with teeth and just make uh organic like sculptures of monsters weird monsters or take like chalkware stuff um like the one that Zymutco sent me um and i would like line details in those with teeth but i wouldn't overwhelm it so if like at first glance when you look at it if you're not paying attention or you're not if you don't know anything about me you may not notice the teeth right off the bat um like subtle stuff um and then i just kept going and going and it just turned into the thing i do now <laughs> bro i every time i talk to a new artist i immediately think like i must not be an artist Right, like I would have never thought to get teeth and line a frame or line different aspects of something. And so it's just people are always thinking outside the box, getting more creative, doing incredible things. So 
Like, you've got to be the only one in the toy scene putting teeth on things. Um, yeah, in the toy scene? Yeah, I think so. But I know that there's this, uh, there's this girl in Russia, Madame Bloomfang, and she makes these super awesome, like, polymer clay flowers with, like, teeth and eyeballs, like, coming out of the center of the flower. She's awesome. Um, and there's um, a Japanese artist who uh, puts realistic teeth into, like, uh, stone and rocks uh, and gives it, like, zipper mouths, which are pretty dope. Like, so I'm definitely not the only one using teeth, but definitely as far as, like, resin toys or resin sculptures go, yeah, I think so. Maybe not. I don't know. I, you can't keep track of everything all the time. But That's like, so real. if 10 more people came out tomorrow and did exactly what I did, I wouldn't be mad about it even a little bit. I would be super excited about it. Like, and if like I faded into, like, I'm already obscure. Nobody knows who I am. But like, if I completely faded in, into obscurity because of those people, I'd be okay with that. Like, I'm just happy to be here. That's my motto. And like, I'd be super happy to see more dudes, more chicks, more artists in general, like using teeth and being weird. I want to see so many weird things. Like the weirder, the better. You want to add teeth? You want to add 42 eyeballs to something? All about it. Yeah. Have you, like, you're pretty new to the toy scene, right? How many, how many a couple years, a year? Um, uh, man, I'd say like, maybe eight or nine months okay. uh, as far as like this specific community goes um but i've used resin in the past for other things but it's it's always been like to accent something yeah. like uh it's never been like i've never made a toy mm -hmm. out of resin until eight or nine months ago um never needed a pressure pot for anything like that's how basic my resin casting stuff would be um, um, back in the day I did stuff with electronics, like I'd find old broken VCRs and make murals out of the inner parts of those and other electronics. So like art's always been a thing, but as far as this scene goes, like maybe eight months at best. Um, and it's been the best reception for work I've done out of any scene I've ever been in. Um, without all the like pretentiousness of like an art scene, you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote, it's been great. It's been so much better than anything else I've been involved in. Yeah. What, uh, what, what's your relationship with toys? What were toys like when you were a kid and all that, that drove you to want to start making toys? Uh, toys when I was a kid was, I grew up as like an army kid. My dad was, uh, in the army and we traveled between like Hamburg, Germany and here and a couple other places that we were stationed. Yeah. Um, and in the eighties when I was, I was born in 83 and most of the eighties we were stationed in Hamburg, Germany. So I got exposed to things like, uh, and I'm sure the States had it too, uh, Boglins, um, yeah. Ultraman was big in Germany. Um, 
on the army base anyway like um and then the toy that i liked the most when i was a kid were the starcom figures by coleco mm-hmm. and i can't find them anywhere um for le- for like for an affordable price anyway uh, but i had all, all of those dead magnetic feet i also because of ultraman's a kid and because of some of the kids on the base uh uh being japanese or korean or whatever they had sofubi toys when they were little so i got exposed to those when i was younger um and those i was really interested i never had any but my neighbors had them and we would play like it'd be starcom versus ultraman it'd be godzilla versus uh gi joes and then i had the boglin hand puppet like and the weird design aspect of Boglins stuck with me pretty much my entire life. Like that's those things and how weird they look and how they're basically just like fermented jelly. Yeah. Uh, about those really stuck with me. And uh, I actually really want to do a Boglin with like an unnecessary amount of teeth in its mouth. Um, <laughs> but that's, my toy interest came from those. And then there was Ninja Turtles. You know, everyone in school had Ninja Turtles. Those were cool. I really liked Baxter Stockman and Slash. And those were great. Um, and then I got older. And toys, like, kind of took a backseat. Because, you know, it's um, I'm sure, like, a billion guests have said it. Like, you're getting too old to play with toys. Like, that weird decision everyone makes that, like... And I can't play with toys anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually, it wasn't my mom that gave away all my toys or my dad. It was me. I gave away all my toys to my friends who were still playing with them. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. So we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. And as I got older, I was like, man, I shouldn't have done that. And then I just, I started collecting. Um, but I didn't go back to like my childhood stuff. I just started collecting what I liked now. Mm-hmm. So like if someone came out with a, a Ninja Turtle that I liked, I would actually, I would just pick that up. Um, and that led to stupid things like um, Dunnies and monies and all that stuff. Um, but I never really found until I found like resin toys and like, um, newer Sofubi stuff. I hadn't felt the same feeling as when I was a kid until I found like this scene. So like I, I, when I got things as a kid, I would be excited about it. I wouldn't, you know, I took care of my stuff. I didn't like break them or anything like that. I loved them. They were, they were wonderful. And I, I don't get that feeling from like going to Target or like 
Walmart or whatever to get a toy, but I get that feeling from getting stuff from like Plague Dirk Productions or Elixir Toys. Like Elixir Toys was my jump off point, I think, as yeah. far as buying stuff from from the toy scene. And I've I've been all in since then. Like what'd you get that, from Elixir? I got one of those little thick gustings. Yeah, the uh, ass hanging out. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I got a little green one. Um, one of my favorite toys. I think the very first like art toy, or uh, it was a resin toy by Monster Vat that I got. Yeah, and it's this big red thing. Like it looks like it's solid red, but if you put a light behind it, it you can see all the drips inside of it. It's hollow. It's it, and the like. I got that feeling that I had when I like opened up a boggling on Christmas morning and got super excited. So yeah. I'm chasing that feeling. Um, it's like, uh, what is it? It's trying, there's a word for it or terminology. It's like, uh, trying to catch the dragon or something. It's like trying to chase yeah, that. Chasing the dragon. Yeah. And I just, I remember, you know, I recently found some old photos of like Christmas morning when I was a kid and opening up those. And um, I think that I'm currently now that I've started this collecting journey of mine, like I've, I'm currently trying to chase that dragon and find out like what are those things I love. Um, and yeah, it's I haven't hit it yet, but maybe one day. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't happen every time I get something. But I, I think it was like the realization that there's people out there doing stuff and like they you don't need to be well known. Like it made me feel like shit, man, there's still so much I haven't seen. Yeah. So so many things I could could actually do myself. Like I think it was more that that gave me the feeling than the actual toy. Mm -hmm. But now every time I get a package in the mail, like I I just have that feeling like Oh man, what is this? Like, it's going to be so cool. I know it's going to be awesome. And I've, I have yet to be let down by anything. Even when people like send me stuff and they'll put a little note in there and be like, Oh, I'm sorry that this was messed up and that was messed up. And there's a little air bubble here. I'm like, I don't give a shit. This is awesome. You made this with your hands. I'm all about it. This is, yeah. this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So. Yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned some toys early on. Starcom, I have, uh, I just recently heard about them uh, from Ob Toys. So that would be someone to talk to to find them. He has a bunch of them. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's the ones you said magnetic feet, and I, if I remember correctly, he was talking about how he used to play with them and like stick them to refrigerators and stuff. Yep, yep, I did that. Uh, I would stick it because cars back in the 80s were made of like solid steel. Yeah. Like you could put the hood of the car. I would hide them on the car like before we got in the car and see if they would make it to where we were going. <laughs> I lost I lost a bunch of them that way. <laughs> uh, between that and then you got introduced to Sofubi so young, like really early Sofubi. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, my neighbors had those bullmark figures, like they make copies of now. Uh, they had them from the 80s and they were, oh man, 
they were awesome. Like, and we destroyed those things. Like they, like what we did with those as kids, like I would never do as an adult. Like, yeah, we would pop arms and legs off of them and then mix and match them. It, it was, it was dumb, but it was so much fun. And then that's like, I mean, I, I don't know how many years I spent here as like an adult, like, trying to figure out where to get the Safubi. Like before I did social media, like before the internet was like uh, before social media is where it is now where like by happenstance you'll probably come across the thing on the internet that you've been searching for for five years. Like man, there was just no out outlet for me to figure out what those toys were and I have had always wondered like because once we moved off the army base, that was it. We moved back to the United States, and nobody had Sofubi toys. Like, there just wasn't, like, there was, they look like dollar store toys, but mm-hmm. not. Like, so my mom would get me, like, those dollar store, like, dragons and stuff and dinosaurs. And they would be similar, but I, but they weren't the same. And, like, I spent so much of my, like, late teens early 20s like trying to figure out what the hell the name for those were once i figured it out um i just started picking them up whenever i saw them yeah i I was lucky to be introduced to safubi young um and introduced to um like knockoff toys from like knockoff gi joes from europe like I mean, they weren't really knockoffs. They was just like the European version of GI Joe. Yeah, Action like, Force. Just yeah, Action Force. Like I had Action Force and GI Joe toys. Um. So, I'm 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 lucky. I just I think I'm an idiot for getting rid of everything I had because I was too grown up for toys. Yeah, like, I really all those action force and gi joes (laughs) yeah you know that too grown up for toy thing um i I think about that a lot um i don't know why but like i've started the retro the marvel legends retro 375 the i didn't want them and then i heard they were being like shut down or rested and i was like oh that would be a fun line to have. There's not that many. I could get them all and display them. Um, yeah. And going down a toy aisle as a 32-year-old is like – and then finding toys that you're going to buy. It's just such a weird feeling, but still, like, I don't feel out of place. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and I, I think, like, 10 years ago or something like that, you might have gotten some weird looks or something like that. From like other adults with their kids in those sections but now like everyone buys toys like i mean adults make up uh, probably most of the revenue for toys at this point right so, like, i mean i'm happy that things are the way they are as far as like being able to come across things and people making collectibles specifically for kids that grew up in like 80s and 90s yeah Um, but i like bootleg stuff so much more and i like it when people kit bash so much more than like big box store stuff but i I, i'm like since i'm here at target 
um, I'm going in to see if they have that Ninja Turtles accessory set. Yep. Yep. Whatever. Uh, Dimension X Toys had posted some stuff about wanting it, and he was like, if anyone can find it, please. I was like, I live in the middle of nowhere, so I bet my target has it. Who knows? I haven't yeah. gone in yet. We'll see. Most days I go down the toy aisles. It's really just for other people and what I've seen that they want. Um, because, like, I'm not going to find the stuff that I want on those shelves. Uh, I'm really into, like, street sharks and bootlegs of street sharks. I'm never yeah, going to find never, anything I, like that. No, no, but, but when, like, if they did free release street sharks, they would, they would, it would at least, maybe if they re released it, it would uh, drive the prices down a little bit for, like, yeah, stuff, like original stuff, maybe. Like, I don't know, because I want one, but, like, I really don't want to pay as much as they cost on eBay for a street shark like they're so expensive now out of nowhere yeah i think for me it would become if they re-released them it would become a thing like hey if you want to sponsor or support the podcast send me a street shark that you find i would i would fall in <laughs> <Yeah>. love <laughs> i yeah uh, yeah the ones that i'm um so i've been as i walk through the street shark thing it's uh like normal street sharks and then there's ocean warriors which are the knockoff um and then there's another knockoff that was put out by a dollar store style called mighty sharks and yeah. i'm missing one but those things are they're the most ugly toy i own um <laughs> absolutely like atrociously made <laughs> um funky looking but they're street shark knockoffs and i love them and they're the most expensive and like i'll send you a picture after they they look like i found them in the gutter yeah i have a really soft spot for ugly toys yeah i if, like how how did this happen sort of thing like i and it's not that they're made poorly it's that like the design decisions were poor design decisions but they still made it they still made it and there's some kid out there that's like that was my favorite toy growing up yep so like i love those things someone in that design meeting said the phrase that head doesn't fit that body and then their friend in that meeting said do it anyway <laughs> you feel like <laughs> or, or like enemy they, like the person was like yeah well i'm in charge because you don't like it i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah and so i'm into that it's fun to see uh but you so you get rid of your toys and what's the the time gap between you getting rid of toys and recollecting toys what is that gap uh i think what, that was 10 years 15. i think i was 15 and then man i, I want to say i was 21 Okay. At least 21 when I was like, I should get these back. Like, why did I do that? It wasn't that long, really. Um, six years. Um, and so, like, I would, I went out and picked up, I started picking up toys from McFarland at the yeah. time. Um, I went wherever I could find them. I would grab those Tortured Souls toys because some of those were pretty cool. Um or like uh, 
the hell any of the hellraiser toys in general um, mm -hmm. or horror toys. Uh, i would grab those and then that's when i saw things like kid robot and whatnot um still at that point didn't realize that i mean this is pretty early this is like in the early 2000s so i don't know how much of a resin toy scene there was um and there wasn't really a social media presence at that point in time for me to find out about it. Um, but that's, that is when I started the teeth also roundabout. Okay. Um, and then took a hiatus from that because of, you know, life and weird stuff. Uh, Wait, you can't just say the weird stuff. You can't just say the phrase weird stuff. Uh, I, I mean, like I, I was living in, I'm from DC originally. I was living there and, uh, working at bars, um, and just had to get out, I had to get yeah. out of DC and not, like not being like having to work like six different jobs at one time to afford my apartment just wasn't cutting it for me. So like I, I put a, everything like art stuff on hold and all that and just picked up and moved out to where I'm at in Maryland now. Mm -hmm. um, and I moved out here with, without having a job. I just grabbed all my stuff, moved into some dude's house that I just met who played in some band that played at the bar I worked at in DC. He was like, yeah, you can come live with us. And I was like, okay. Uh, so all my art stuff went on hold. Everything that I thought I was working towards went on hold because I just needed to figure out a way to survive yeah. um, with, without like spending all my money on just where I'm living, never mind food or trying to source like at that time, like VCR components to make murals or anything like that. Like I just couldn't survive in DC and I don't think anyone without like a master's degree really can survive. Like you can yeah. get by skin your teeth but like yeah i just couldn't do it anymore plus like you know being involved with shady characters like uh it was time for me to get out of that and come start somewhere new and not end up a statistic i guess so yeah. like when i say weird stuff i'm like i eh, probably can't talk about that yeah <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. shouldn't talk uh, but yeah, um, so I moved out to uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. At, at one point in time, I moved to Baltimore for a little bit. Uh, favorite city on the planet. And then uh, moved back to Hagerstown just because, again, it's cheap. I can survive here on one job. And uh, then the art started back up. The teeth started back up. Uh, eventually fell into where I'm at now uh driving trucks instead of being a chef um and as i'm sitting here there's actually a car parked uh right across from me that has a, a bumper sticker on the back of it that says make teeth great again just i don't know what that means it's your sign man it's your sign make teeth <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be on teeth forever i guess now like, yeah uh as you you get into this um you start getting back into art and you start doing the teeth thing again. Um, 
how long is it until you start creating toys or resin figures or things like that or or something uh, of the sort that's like 3d years so i started back with the teeth in like uh 2010 okay uh, and then it took until about eight months ago for me to decide yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make three-dimensional figures um but really whenever i sent you that that mushroom yeah with the teeth at the bottom it was that was my second or third thing i ever made that was three-dimensional and that's just polymer clay with the teeth set in it uh hopefully it didn't break on the way to you because i had no idea how to package anything correctly at that point yeah um but that th those were my first attempts at making something three-dimensional um so i, I want to say it was about eight or nine months ago yeah maybe a little long yeah and um, it's one of my favorite things because it's not a uh i don't know that i described it well by saying like a mushroom with teeth on it like it has this abstract vibe like it it's it it is art it is a piece but it also fits on my toy shelf because it is like the toys that people make and i love it yeah yeah so i i like to focus on abstract ideas uh when i can as far if it's something original like if I'm making a bootleg of something, then I'm not I'm not really using any of my ideas, so I don't really try and make it super abstract. Yeah. Um, but like if I sculpt it, I want it to have like a a form that is uh, I want to I want to say like organic, like anything organic. I don't like doing things with hard lines. I like to keep things rounded, or like. Uh, asymmetrical as asymmetrical yeah. as possible while still having um the appearance of symmetry so like that toy is probably uh uneven on no matter how you look at it it's probably uneven but because it stands upright it gives it like um symmetrical properties i don't i want to say and, and i think that's what i like about teeth is like you look in someone's mouth and no two mouths are the same. Like they're this tooth might be like people some people have super jack teeth and they're all over the place and those are fun. Uh but also even like people with like perfect teeth, quote unquote, there's still there's still differences in movement in them. So like for some reason things that are the same but different really resonate with me. Yeah. And so that's kind of where why i keep sticking with teeth also is no matter what i do with it it'll never be the same twice it yeah. might look similar to else but it'll never be the same twice unless i make a mold of it um but even those like i've started pulling the teeth out of my original sculpts to reuse them instead of casting thousands of them mm -hmm. so as soon as i'm something i pop the teeth out of it and I'll never sculpt it exactly the same again. So like yeah. I could do the same figure, but the teeth placement will be completely different. They may be way off or way, way similar, but like, and, and that keeps it fresh for me. I forgot what the original question was. I'm so out of it. <laughs> no, Hey, that's okay. Uh, I love, that's why I love the podcast format. It lets people just 
If you are a rambler, ramble along. Oh man, I'm a rambler. Yeah. Dude, you know, <laughs> here's what's crazy. I am also a rambler and will talk in conversations. And two words come out of my mouth a lot. And someone left a review on some random uh podcast listening app. I don't even it, it's something called like Castbox or something. I don't know. Um nice. and and he was like <laughs> You say stoked and rad way too much. And I was like, well, that's what happens. I ramble and those words just flow out of my oh, mouth. Man. I He's in, I, I don't know how many times I've said stoked and rad today. Well, he gets a shout out just for that. Um, we, and there is something that pushed you into creating eight months ago. And as you are like putting teeth on things and starting, what was the initial push that kind of jumped you into making the toys? What, who did you see? What did you find out? What was that? Uh, I think it, it was a combination of two things. It was a combination of seeing uh, Plagued Earth Productions um, toys mm-hmm. um, and how insane they were. Like, weird. And then also being like, there's there's literally a place for me here in this scene and i haven't felt that but i feel like if there is a place it's here and if i don't put stuff out there like i'm 39 i'm about to be 40 yeah like why not why not put my stuff out there like why not self-promote like i've i've had like thoughts in my head forever like your stuff's not good enough to promote or nobody really cares so just don't bother like and so I would make things and give them away to family or friends, and that's it. Like, I wouldn't sell anything um, or promote myself. And then I was like, I mean, I'm 40. And the worst thing that could possibly happen to me is that nobody is going to like it, and I wasted a little bit of money making things that I like. So, like, either way, I win on some level. I'll have a bunch of things I like, or a bunch of people will like some things that I make and both outcomes are good enough for me. So like part of it was my, me not wanting to keep things to myself anymore. And then the final push was seeing uh, some of the weird stuff that other people are making, like, and being like, if, if that, if people like that, I know they'll like my stuff. Like, cause I make weird stuff too. And yeah, why yeah. not? So just finding, finding something to push me towards it was was instrumental like finding a specific artist which was uh drew over at plague productions like um incidentally the first thing i ever sold was to his girlfriend pretty cool yeah you know uh you said something that kind of hit at like a weird visceral level with the like i'm 39 i need to get something out there the back end of that like I'm 32, yeah. so I have a weird sneaking suspicion in the back of my head. I don't know why this is there that I'm only gonna live to about mid 60s. Like I have, I don't know why. And if that's true, I want to get the most amount of art out into the world as possible. And I got 30 years to yeah. do it. Yeah, like it, it, wanting to leave a mark. Like even if it's even if it's like a minuscule mark, like wanting to leave a mark and that was, that's a big thing. Um, 
and also not sitting on my ass anymore about like being creative um, was good but, but like who knows how long you have you could be gone tomorrow you could be gone in 20 minutes who knows yeah. so like if there's something you want to make make it like I should have been putting my stuff out there way before I am now I would be I would have progressed farther now and been better now if I had started back in the early 2000s when I wanted to do stuff yeah that was different but I stuck to what I knew and I stuck with not promoting myself like an idiot uh so like I as far as like secrets go, as far as like making toys, like the biggest secret is put yourself out there. Like that's like I don't care if you don't have money to do it. Like the money's not really a thing. Like it it'll come in time. But like if you need to go buy hot glue sticks to make your molds and start that way, do it. If you need to buy that crappy resin they have on Amazon that's just like surface resin do that <laughs> like, like that's how i started i made molds out of like cough and a bunch of dumb stuff like way back like those teeth frames i made for people where they were made out of cough like and people still bought them back then like and if i was smart i would have promoted those and then been building myself up then like and just bootleg everything like everything so Fuvi, and you like it but you can't afford it but you can get one but you want 10 of them bootleg them make nine more for yourself like and and you'll learn so much that way and i, I should have had that mindset where like just do it just like which is a stupid nike advertisement i guess but like <laughs> it really is it really is true like if you really want to do something you'll find a way even if it's not even if you know it's not going to turn out how you want it, like it's still that's a step. That's one step closer to to manif like manifesting, I guess, uh, the thing you want to be real. Like the teeth sculptures and the mushrooms, they're not how I want them to look. Like they they get close, but they're never one hundred percent how I want them. So I'm going to keep making them and trying different things until they get to where I want them and until I'm happy. Like, so just going out and doing anything, something, starting somewhere, like, is my secret as far as, like, resin resin stuff goes. Like, because uh, I don't know if I have anything to input as far as, like, a thing you can do with resin. That's my secret. Like, hmm. I teeth i had teeth to things um and that's that's my secret put some teeth on it but yeah <laughs> like if you want <laughs> if you want to be creative and make something like what is this master deep in the darkest corners of our digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways <laughs> They are making a mutant! Mm -hmm.
you solidified this niche of putting teeth on things. Then you started like bringing concepts to life and working with uh, different artists that are really good at their craft and really good at what they're doing and collaborating with them. What's next? What's next for Pocket Salsa? Um, I may try my hand at actually articulating figure. Hell yeah. Uh, not, yeah, I may do that. Um, I want to eventually have a Sofubi toy made. Um, I'm, I've, I've been drawing things and illustrating things that I want to try and get turned into Sofubi. Um, but that's, that stuff's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, that's a, that'll happen eventually. Uh, I just don't know when, okay. um, but really I just want to focus on enjoying myself and having fun, um, making affordable toys for people. Um, and not worrying about what's in the future because, who knows? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make a ton of money, like, like that's not my goal. Just want to make toys for people that like my stuff. Yeah, which is dope, and I think that's very admirable. I think it's nice to also, uh, like earn something on top of that. Like that's just a plus if we're able to. Um, one of the cool things is like as you. Um, are talking about you want to make Sofubi. Two of my favorite artists like do Sofubi. Like I love them, uh, Neil Ewing and Last Bastion. Like very, very intense creators, and and they're really good at what they do. And um, like they would be the the people to go to to probably hook you up to figure out how to get something made with Sofubi. Um, so I think Neil Ewing actually knows, uh, um, uh, this guy I know he's a tattoo artist here in Hagerstown, uh, who was really big into collecting like Captain America stuff a long time ago. And, uh, he had, he had told me, he was like, oh man, yeah, like, you should check this guy out. And I was like, oh yeah, I actually already follow Neil on Instagram. Like, <laughs> It's a nice. movie, super dope. I like what he does out there. Yeah. And then um, Mac from Elixir Toys also was like, like, yeah, I can hook you up uh, when you're ready to talk to somebody. I, I got the perfect guy for you to talk to. I'm, like, I've had people reach out to me Yeah. and be like, whenever you're ready, just let me know and I'll with uh, this guy or this guy. So like, it's just a, it's just been a matter of money. Yeah. yeah and making sure. sure that I don't mostly making sure I don't upset my wife like by spending a stupid amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> One of so. my dreams with Toys on Tap, I'm still in the process of convincing my wife. Um, so I definitely understand that mentality. Um, I want to do toy investing. I'm like, okay, how much money do we need to put in to make your toy idea come to life? However, repayment needs to happen and like it has to happen over like this specified whatever. Um, but just to make creations come to life would be insane. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, it makes me wish I was independently wealthy because like the amount of cool things I see out of people who like really deserve a shot to make like a run of a thousand of something and just have the greatest time of their life is so overwhelming. But like, I don't have money and I can like, I can get my ideas off the ground, but even that is, is hard. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just wish, wish that something like that, like, like that's a really good idea. Like if you can afford to help people get their dreams off the ground and see like, I mean, even if you just break even, like it would still be worth it. Yeah. I think. So, but like, yeah. that's, that's, I can see why she would be, why she would be a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's never, I have to think about this, right? So the, the negatives of it, that it's never a small amount of money ever. I don't care what people say uh, with like, oh, you can take shortcuts or this. If you want to make something good and you want to do it well with like great artists and you want to work together, you you pay what those artists are worth. So it's never going to be cheap. Um, yeah. On the flip side, um, even if that becomes okay, I have to just take into account that your idea may or may not sell. And so it could take two years for me to get my money back. It could take four weeks. Who knows? Yeah. Yep. And then like there's, I don't know, like the, the killer boot like situation where someone like yeah. kind of put him into that situation. Like, like now that that's happened and you know that stuff's probably been happening like that forever he's just you know he just spoke up about it uh which good on him for that man that was that was really cool i mean it, it would probably be super stressful and super damaging to his reputation for the first few little bits of it because yeah people always read it and this stuff when they should and like there's always that worry. Like when you start something like that, like whether it be the person backing it, if you don't know them or like the, or if you're backing someone that's an artist and they turn out to be a shithead, like, yeah. Like the, holy moly. Worry that one of the two parties could just be a shit bag. Like, yeah. Like there's some artists out there that are probably super huge shit bags and I just don't know it. I probably talk to them all the time, but like, I don't, you don't know until you know, and that's the scariest thing, like beyond the money, like just having to associate with someone that you find out later is someone that you would never have like associated with. Like, yeah, that to me is harder than losing the money. Um, Absolutely. And then like I had props to Pete for fucking really dealing with that situation in the coolest way possible. Like, like I, I really don't think I would have handled it as well as him. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd be in jail <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, sure. Be locked up. So I, I have uh, another. I have a question for you, and then um, we get to get to your like my favorite part of the podcast. Um, take me back. You are uh, eight nine ten years old you're sitting in front of the tv you got either your favorite cereal favorite snack 
I don't know. Nothing else in the world matters. What is the toy commercial that pops into your head that you immediately remember or multiple? Um, so the, there was very few, but the two that did pop up to me when you, when you told me to think about it were, um, um, silver Hawks. Yep. Silver. Like that was that commercial with the kid flying the, the Falcon across the screen for like two seconds. And like just the, the screech and everything that screech from the Hawk. If anytime I hear a Hawk screech, I think of that commercial. Silverhawks, partly metal, partly real, mighty warriors with the powers to protect space from all evil. Bustle, busting out. Shredder too. Stargazer, seen us. Figures with weapon birds sold separately. Slybird, surgery board, Quicksilver, activate power wing, Caliwo, brigade scissor wing. Now take him down. Mumbo Jumbo Airshot. It's hero stomping time. No way. Buzzsaw with Shredder, Quicksilver with Caliwo, other figures with weapon birds sold separately. Silverhawks, new from Kenner. It, it it came to me after a good long while of thinking was not the actual Boglins commercial, right? But like uh, the there was a separate commercial where it was a nine hundred number that you could call as a child about Boglins, and uh, if you called the nine hundred number, you would get like stickers and other things and you had to get your quote-unquote parents permission but i'm just wondering i never called it but i'm just wondering how many other kids actually called that boglin's 900 number hotline thing yeah hi i'm a boglin me and my buddies want to be your friend right guys right, right. call us at 1-900-909-5464 and hear how we can protect you from ferocious beasts and help your teacher grade your math test yeah new story every day one call gets you a 3d boglin hologram like this four calls get you a set of six trade them with your buddies and part of your two dollar 35 cent two minute call goes to special olympics so get your parents permission and call us at 1-900-909-5464 Get the phone! I said get it, not eat it! Yeah, those are the two commercials uh, I remembered. One I actually remember watching, and then the other, like, I had only, I think I'd only heard about, but then I ended up looking it up later and kind of, kind of sort of remembering the 900 number, but. Well, I'm going to be yeah, on a search. I'm going to find them, and we're going to play them. There was 900 numbers that kids could call. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll send you the link to that 900 number. It's, it's funny. It's awesome. funny. It's super funny. Uh, um, As we yeah. come to the end, uh, my favorite part is just artists being able to plug their own work and different shows coming up, especially with, like, I don't know what's been going on lately, but there's like six shows that are running and it's like, there's a lot going on through Instagram and all kinds of stuff and uh, toys on tap, toys alive, all kinds of stuff that's happening. Um, plug away, plug all the things that you got going on. If you're jumping on toys alive, all that stuff, let us know. Um, I've, I've already been on Toys Alive, had an interview. I don't know if, if I'll be on one anytime soon or at all. I have no idea, but I'm, I'm always in the chat there, um, on Thursdays. Um, my Instagram is pocket underscore salsa. Um, that's the only social media I have. Uh, uh I'm in the GI Joe show. That's today. Um, 
did three figures for that. I'm assuming by the time this releases, the show will be well and over. Yeah. So I did, uh, I did Cobra Commander, I did Destro, and I did uh, Pimp Suit Destro, um, but as babies. So they're awesome. little Cupid doll versions of the characters. So there's Cuddle Commander, Dirty Diaper Destro, and uh, Pimp Suit or Pajama Pimp Suit Destro. <laughs> Awesome. So <laughs> it's got a onesie on, print. like got a, got his little blanket. Looks like a leopard print cape. Yeah, it's awesome. I enjoyed that one very much. That's all I've really got. That's all I've got going on. If anyone knows of anything, send me a message. There we go. That's <laughs> a good way to, to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, tell me about it, dude. Thank you so much for jumping on. Not only because you're like fantastic in your art and always fun to talk to, um, but also because you saved my ass this week and you like stepped in and helped me out. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you. And yeah, I can't wait to listen to more stuff, man.